if you've got an old dog then you definitely need to know about this condition and that's because the signs can look so dramatic it's easy to jump to the wrong conclusion and make an irreversible decision that may not be in the best interest of your dog. But before we get going, my name's Dr. Alex and this is the Our Pets Health podcast where my aim is to bring you pet health information all designed to help you and your pet live a healthier, happier life. So make sure you're subscribed if you're not already and if you have listened to a few of these episodes then I'd love it if you could head over to iTunes to leave me a little review. It helps more than you can imagine with other people discovering this podcast. Okay, so the condition that I'm going to talk to you today about is something called vestibular disease. It can actually look very similar to a stroke and that's what a lot of owners come to the conclusion that their dog has suffered from when they suddenly find them unable to stand up, their head is held to one side, they're stumbling, they're rolling, they're walking in circles and they just seem to be in a really terrible way but all may not be as it seems as I'll discuss so let's get into the audio. If you have an old dog who has suddenly started to stumble and act drunk, if they've developed a head tilt or even if they can't get up, then there is a real chance that they are suffering from a condition known as vestibular disease. In dogs this can come on very quickly and the symptoms can appear to be very dramatic. Is vestibular disease as serious as it appears though? What is the treatment and what is the recovery time? Well, keep watching as I answer all of these questions and more. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dr. Alex, the veterinarian behind ourpetshealth.com and on this channel you'll find pet health videos all designed to help you and your pet live a healthier, happier life. So make sure you're subscribed if you're not already. So what causes vestibular disease in dogs? Well, let's start with what vestibular disease actually is and what the known causes of this condition are. So the name of the disease reflects the involvement of the vestibular system. And this is a group of structures and nerves that are responsible for balance. They're found next to the middle ear and they relay information about which way is up to the brain. As well as balance, the vestibular system also helps with the control of posture and it helps keep the body and head horizontal or at least know which way is up. So there are lots of potential causes of vestibular disease. Some will affect young dogs, others just old dogs. Some causes are very rare and others are much more common. Causes of vestibular disease in dogs include meningioencephalitis, cancer, thymine or vitamin B1 deficiency, a brain bleed or a clot, head trauma, hormonal abnormalities like an underactive thyroid or hypothyroidism, drug toxicity, middle ear infection, congenital disease and finally idiopathic disease. Now thankfully the vast majority of old dogs that develop vestibular disease are suffering from the idiopathic form and idiopathic simply means that we don't yet know why it happens or what the cause is. But this cause is so common that the condition is also known as old dog vestibular disease. This disease can affect all old dogs of any breed and any gender and it can also affect cats but this is actually very rare. So what's the difference between vestibular disease and strokes in old dogs? Well, we are all aware of the signs of strokes in people and the devastating effect that it can have. It is pretty common for worried owners to believe that their old dog has suffered a similar catastrophic stroke. Now, it used to be thought that dogs didn't actually get strokes, but with MRI scans now being available, we know that this isn't true and they actually can suffer from a stroke. 
Now, while they can be due to a bleed within the brain, most are actually due to a blood vessel becoming blocked, either due to a blood clot or another form of emboli, and that cuts off the blood supply to part of the brain. Very often a dog who suffers a stroke will actually be suffering from a condition that makes blood clot development much more likely, and that might be something like Cushing's disease, cancer, or heart disease. Now, unfortunately, the signs of stroke and those of idiopathic vestibular disease can be almost identical, but history, examination findings, and testing might very well give a clue as to which is the more likely diagnosis. In reality, though, true strokes are much less common in dogs, and the prognosis for vestibular disease is normally much better, as I'll discuss in just a little bit. So what are the symptoms of vestibular disease? Well, as you can imagine, the symptoms of vestibular disease in dogs really relate to a loss of balance and effectively not knowing which way is up. It might even appear like your dog is drunk or seasick. So let's break down the symptoms that you might see in your dog and then discuss them in more detail. So the main symptoms of vestibular disease in dogs include a head tilt, ataxia or a wobbliness, nystagmus or flicking eyes, falling, rolling, leaning to one side, a really wide base stance, your dog might be drooling or vomiting, they might be circling, so walking in circles, there might be signs of other nerve dysfunction and there might be an inability to stand. So the severity of signs can actually vary quite a lot. Some dogs may only develop a slight head tilt, holding their head to one side lower than the other, while others will have their head at almost 90 degrees to normal and be completely unable to stand. Along with a head tilt, affected dogs will have something known as nystagmus, and this is the flicking of the eyes like I mentioned before, and typically it's from side to side, with them moving quickly in one direction, and then more slowly returning the other way. As I've mentioned, the degree of wobbliness can really vary. It might just be a subtle stumble, or a dragging or catching of a leg. Instead, it could be a complete inability to stand up. To compensate for this instability, you might find that your dog spreads their legs further apart than normal to try and prevent falling, or they might actually lean against a wall for support. So walking in circles and always walking in one direction in the same direction is another possibility, as well as falling over and rolling are all other symptoms that might be seen. And that's really as well a result of loss of balance and reflect the vestibular system just not working properly. You might also see your dog drooling, they might appear nauseous or actually vomit. And in effect, your dog has developed motion sickness or vertigo. And if you've ever had that, then I'm sure you'll sympathize with what your dog is going through. And then finally, if there is a different cause of your dog's vestibular disease, then it might be that there are other symptoms that your dog is showing that are not typical for a normal idiopathic old dog vestibular disease. Okay, so how do we go about diagnosing this condition? Well, because vestibular disease can be caused by a real large number of different underlying conditions, there are a number of tests that need to be reached to diagnose idiopathic vestibular disease. And that's because this condition is in itself a diagnosis of exclusion which means that we need to rule out all of the other causes before a specific diagnosis can be made. A detailed history is absolutely vital, as is a thorough physical exam. Blood and urine testing is generally the first thing to be run, and then depending on the results and clinical picture, imaging might be next. So x-rays can show the presence of middle ear disease, and that could be either infection or a mass, but it can't give an indication of the presence of abnormalities actually within the brain itself. Only CT or preferably MRI scans can do this, but the obvious problem with this is that they're both a lack of availability potentially and also a high cost. 
So other tests might include sampling of the fluid around the brain um, or fluid within the middle ear. And then additional specific blood tests might also be needed to rule out potential conditions when there is a suspicion that they might be responsible. So referral to a neurologist and advanced expensive imaging thankfully will not be needed in the majority of dogs. Those dogs that are older and they're showing appropriate onset of symptoms where there's no evidence of middle ear disease or any other disease and where there is no history of trauma or potential for drug toxicity that you know could be causing this problem then these dogs will quite appropriately have a presumptive diagnosis of old dog vestibular disease. Response to treatment is the final factor in diagnosis and if a dog is not progressing as expected then definitely the diagnosis should be re-evaluated. So what is the treatment for idiopathic vestibular disease? Well, in reality, time is the biggest treatment for this condition, time and supportive care. So this might include anti-sickness medication, IV fluids, supportive bedding with regular turning for our patients that can't get up and move themselves, anti-anxiety or sedative medication if the dog is becoming distressed, anti-inflammatories in the form of non-steroidals or steroids may also be given, although whether they make a difference or not, it's not really clear. But the bottom line is that because we don't really know what the cause of idiopathic disease is, there is not a specific treatment. And instead we rely on good supportive nursing care and time. And in a dog who's only mildly affected, actually TLC at home may be all that is prescribed. So that being said, what's the prognosis and recovery time? Well, as you might have guessed by now, the actual prognosis for dogs suffering from vestibular disease is generally really good. Most will go on to make a full recovery. Some might be left with a permanent head tilt, but they'll otherwise adapt really well and be able to live a really full and happy life. It's important that we give our pets enough time to recover. It is all too easy to see a dog that seems to be suffering from really severe, upsetting symptoms and make the irreversible decision to euthanize. We need to give them time. The general course of disease is that the symptoms are worse about 24 to 48 hours after they start. Some dogs will then recover as rapidly as the disease started. For others, the recovery time will be longer and instead it might take seven to 10 days before a significant improvement is seen and two to three or even four weeks before they're back to normal. In my personal experience, most dogs will show a significant improvement after only a few days and most will recover fully. If your dog is not recovering as expected, then the diagnosis should be revisited if possible. And this might mean running repeated tests. It might mean running new tests or even referral to a neurologist for assessment alongside advanced brain imaging and MRI scans. Now this might be out of reach for you, but if things aren't progressing as we'd expect, then certainly it would offer the best chance for your dog to have the right diagnosis and successful treatment carried out. Now, I've got another video that I'll link to down below and just on the end screen that is a, a personal story from a friend of mine, Dan, from the YouTube channel Parent Pacifier. And he went through having an older dog develop vestibular disease. He didn't know what was going on. The recovery wasn't maybe as straightforward as it can be. And I thought it'd be really useful for you to hear a first-hand account of just what vestibular disease is like, what concerns that you're likely to have as an owner, what the progression of the disease might be. If you've got an old dog suffering from vestibular disease, then you should definitely check out the video that's just linked in the card over here. But until next time, I'm Dr. Alex from Our Pets Health, because they're family.
Okay, so I hope you found that interesting and I hope if your dog ever has the misfortune to suffer from vestibular disease, you're a little bit better prepared and better equipped to know, you know how to manage it and what the potential outcome is. You know, it's great that so many dogs do very well. There will of course be exceptions to this rule as with anything and some may not make a full recovery, but by and large, the prognosis is actually really good despite the dramatic signs that can be seen and despite our kind of initial impressions and our worst fears, you know, making us think that our dogs aren't gonna recover when, when they first come down with this condition. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts and experiences are as well. If you've ever had a dog with old dog vestibular um, disease, then make sure you head over to the show notes and I'll put the link um, in the description for this podcast episode. Make sure you head over to the show notes and leave me a comment, join the conversation. It's also a condition where, you know, if you have an experience and you leave a comment, you leave a description, then it can make so much, dif so much difference to other dog and other owners' lives because they often, you know, as you probably did as well, they'll often jump onto Google to try and find some information and some reassurance. And so reading these first-hand accounts can make a really big difference. From that point of view, I've also got um, another podcast episode coming out about vestibular disease. Um, that will be my next one. And that is to share a, um, an owner's story. So it's um, a friend of mine, Dan, whose old dog suffered from vestibular disease. And just to share with you the experience of what he went through, because I think it can really help to know that you know there are other people in the same boat there are other people who have gone through similar experiences and have come out the other side they've suffered the same worries and that kind of thing so i think you'll find that really interesting as well you know and it also relates to other conditions it's you know it's good to hear what other people's thought processes were even if the condition wasn't the same so make sure you um, keep an ear out for for that podcast episode which will be my next one but really that's it from me I'd love to hear from you in the comments. Also, if you're listening on the Anchor FM app, then you can call into the show um, and I'd love to kind of have a conversation with you that way as well. But until next time, I'm Dr. Alex. This is the Our Pets Health Podcast. Take care.